Welcome to Shockers and Cuss Words, a podcast that dives into self-improvement, completing goals, and overcoming modern-day obstacles. I am your host, Catherine, and together we will address our fears, establish self-awareness, and complete self-growth through honesty and reflection. Remember to please like and share this podcast. Thank you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everybody, and welcome again to Chakras and Cuss Words. And today's episode is very exciting. It is about six, honey. (laughs) Everything (laughs) we all need in life. And I have my special guest. Heidi. Heidi, please introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about you. Yes. Thank you, Catherine. Um, Right? We all need sex. Um, My name is Heidi Reve. I'm a sexuality empowerment embodiment coach. And God, I mean, I was led to this work because I myself needed to learn the things that I teach now. Right? Isn't that how it goes? Right. Um, I would, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you must first have to start off as a student, right? Absolutely. I mean, right. you know, getting into relationships where it was all about their pleasure, um, being raised in a religion. So, you know, masturbation and touching myself, period, is a sin. And I save that for marriage and just okay. so many different dialogues um, yeah. and beliefs that we learn. So, yeah. Um, And I work with predominantly women, but I also work with men just around tapping into our sexuality and our desires and what it is we truly want. Um, And also really big on healing the feminine. Um, Mm. So often I work with women who are badasses at their careers and mothers and wives and or single and divorced, but their careers are just soaring And they can't understand why they don't have sex anymore or why they can't find a partner. And so often it's because we are so strong in our masculine energy that uh, we forget what it means to soften and to open and to receive. Those qualities aren't celebrated in our culture. So I really love working on that as well. Wow. Yeah, I could see because I remember I was reading something about how some women like the alpha female or the very um, that maybe are very uh, miss independent or miss um, strong and independent, strong and independent. Yes, (laughs) strong and independent might kind of be almost in some ways a little intimidating or a little bit where that soft approach isn't necessarily gathered right away and the viewer like the male might kind of be a little mm, I don't know how to put it well you but, just said it intimidated um, yeah and intimidated yeah and kind of like wow this this chick is intense like wh- what do I do 
with and there's this... nothing wrong with that. Like we don't want to yeah. lose that. Like, no. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with us being strong and taking, you know, have incredible careers or whatnot. Um, but it's learning how to harness both. It's learning mm -hmm. how to be softer and open. Like I was, I mean, I've been told much of my life how intimidating I was at first. And I okay. used to pride myself on that. Like, hell yeah, I'm intimidating. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and now there's a place for that. Um, how can I come from my heart and love? Because women at our core want to connect and want to love. The feminine is love. Mm -hmm. And so how can we really learn to come from that as well, even in the workplace, that it's not a weaker sex or weaker energy? Right. Yeah. So when, um, when you, like, when you decided to start to learn about this, what problems were you seeing? Like, was it because you were in a lot of relationships that weren't working out sexually or was the relationship just not working out altogether? Or was it just kind of like, I don't feel secure in my sexuality? Great question. Um, so I got into a relationship, um, and I loved him very much, but he had incredible amounts of sexual anxiety okay. and I didn't understand the sexual anxiety. I didn't understand why he couldn't get hard. I didn't understand the premature ejaculation. I couldn't get my orgasm. I wasn't desired. Don't you find me hot? Like all the different, <laughs> right. He's like, Ooh, girl, maybe my too mind. Hot. Right. <laughs> and that hardness who I was being at the time. Also, you know, interfered with him feeling safe. So it was so many different things. And I really loved this man. And so I wanted to understand it more. I didn't understand the sexual anxiety. So I started studying. I started studying sexuality. I started studying Tantra and understanding more and more. I was led to, um, Layla Martin. Um, and I did her year course, which completely changed my life. And it just okay. held a mirror to me, um, lots of embodiment work and trauma work and sub identities that we carry around in our bodies that we don't even know that are ours or the resistance and just really was able to see how much I contributed to the sexual experience that I was having with my partner at the time. Um, okay. and it just really, uh, oh, I guess shined a light on all my past relationships as well. I mean, I was married before and that was more of, you know, sexually free. And we explored the swinger community. And again, I wasn't connected to my body and my desires. It was more about the show and being desired. So okay. all of these different experiences led me to where I am today. Okay. So, so before you were married and you were in the, like the swinger, because the topic that we're talking about is conscious sex or conscious monogamy. And what mm -hmm. is that exactly? Yeah. Um, so I'll start with conscious sex. So conscious sex is so often we have sex with a goal of orgasm, um, with a mm -hmm. goal of what we call orgasm, which is the climax. And it's really not about connecting in the moment to all sensations and all pleasure it's about the goal. Okay. And we, we almost use each other's bodies for masturbation in a way, or we come to sex drunk, 
um, is sometimes the only time we can have sex. I do. I mean, that's a lot of men that I coach or men that want to stop drinking and they have to figure out the sexual piece. Oh, because um, they're so, too, yeah, they too need the alcohol it. in order okay. to get hard and last longer. Oh, so that's where they get <laughs> that one term. Like, it was like whiskey. There you whiskey go. Dis- whiskey dick. <laughs> <And> whiskey dick. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. If there's like any kids in the room, girl, get your kids out the room. Okay. Because <laughs> we're talking about sex. It's called chakras and cuss words for a reason. So um, you might have to. Uh, um, move some children out the room, honey. But um, yeah, so that's where the guys get that term whiskey dick is because usually they're drinking too much alcohol and then they can't get um, or they either get um, an erection and they don't have the ejaculation. Right. That's yes, usually what it is. Too. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's really about being in your body. Um, connected to what it is you like, knowing what you like, um, and then also going into sex as an experience instead of the goal. So, so often men want to see a woman come. Men want to see a woman ejaculate. Like that does something for their pride. That's also what we see in porn and media. It's like all about that goal. And so really Mm -hmm. taking off the goal and being in the experience of connection and awareness and being in all sensations of the moment and that's conscious sex having conscious Conscious sex sex. yeah okay yeah um and then conscious monogamy so often i'll hear because there's many styles of relationships i don't i don't i'm not going to tell you which one is the best um you know from having an open relationship or polyamorous or um, being in the swinger community or people say they're monogamous but are they really monogamous Because we'll often leave the relationship with exits like working too much, drinking too much, Mm. eating disorders, the children um, are, are, will read as an exit. Like we don't really face the relationship. We don't really lean into the relationship. So when you mean monogamy, conscious monogamy, we're not actually cheating. Like, so there might be a relationship where one's not necessarily quote unquote cheating like sleeping with somebody else but they're not consciously there yes is that you what you it. mean yeah okay yeah all right I, I get it girl I get it <laughs> <laughs> so consciously they're not there so the monogamies even though they're not cheating they're not present you got it okay I get yeah. it yeah yeah wow that's deep Right? Yeah, that's some deep you, shit. Yeah, you think about how often, like myself included, like if I've been in a relationship where I'm pissed off, it's like then I'll just go lose myself in work or my exercise uh-huh. or whatever it may be. Right. And I can see how that would be a real easy one to fall into for a lot of people because it's almost like um I'm not cheating. I'm not cheating on you. Like, so what's the, what's the big deal? I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere, but you're not necessarily present in the relationship. Now, how does somebody, how does somebody, um, how do you work with people with those types of relationships or with that type of mind frame that their relationship is in right now? Yeah. Um, so the reason why we turn to these exits is because our nervous systems get overloaded. 
and we don't know how to be either in the discomfort of leaning in or we mm -hmm. don't know how to communicate our feelings of what's going on for us. So we mm -hmm. choose the booze or the, the work or whatever it may be. And so we start to go into the body and we see where there may be resistance to more intimacy, where there mm -hmm. may be resistance or blocks to intimacy. There may be trauma or they watch their parents do X, Y, Z. So that's all they know. Yeah. And it's funny because um, like I always, because I would say me and my husband's, uh, we've been married a long time and uh, oh shit, like 20 something years. Wow. And you, you know, and over the years, uh, I mean, we've been together since we were like, kid, I mean, we were, I was like 18. He was like 20, 21 when we met. So we've been together for a very long time. Um, and you know, I always make jokes like, I mean, we, I would say we have a pretty active sex life. He says it's not active enough, <laughs> like, honey, <laughs> I don't know how much more active I could get. Like <laughs> mama's tired. Okay. <laughs> like I need to go to bed. Like, I mean, if it was up to him, we'd probably be having sex nonstop. Like he's just a horny guy. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. He's a horny guy. He likes to have a lot of sex, but, um, so there's times where I'm like, I legit think you're probably the most married, like you are getting probably the most sex out of any other married person that he tries to lie say he knows men that are getting more sex. I think he's fucking lying if you ask me, but whatever. Well, and here's, is it, is it, <laughs> is it about the quantity or the quality though? For him, I honestly think it's about the quantity. Like, <laughs> he, I mean, it's like sometimes we have arguments about sex like it's just ridiculous oh no but that's a huge argument for couples yeah really okay yeah mismatched so, libidos is a big one yes we have yeah. mis we have mismatched libidos and i try to keep up with his libido but he's got a lot of libido i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> the guy i mean in, in, in all honesty i'm very thankful because i hear the other side of the story from my friends who have the mixed match libido and their husbands aren't like him. So, you know, the women say, I wish we were doing, you know, having more sex, but he never initiates or he never, you know, so I'm thankful that I have a husband who, you know, is always trying to initiate. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I would say, Say that would probably be like one of the hardest things is the mismatched libido because I'm like I'm tired I'm trying to go to bed right now <laughs> you know so how do you work it where it's more of the quality versus the quantity absolutely oh, I love this question so part of conscious monogamy and conscious sex is creating deep sexual experiences. So that could mean instead of that half hour, hour quickie, you mm -hmm. create a whole sex date for three or four hours. Oh, wow. Oof, and it's not about just penis in vagina friction. Okay. It's about maybe the dance before, or you're going to put some music on and just lay together and breathe. And a woman takes a minimum of 20 minutes just to open her body. Wow. So if a woman takes a minimum of 20 minutes just to open her body, when she really, really open, this is when mm -hmm. a woman experiences all different types of orgasms and that 
what I call and what I've learned through my other teachers, John Wyland and David Data, is that fucking open to God. It creates mm-hmm. a spiritual experience when a woman is opened so much and then mm-hmm. there's the sexual act. So instead of having sex as just, you know, conventional, quickie, let's just have sex to have sex, it's this whole date and this whole experience that you both put energy and work into so mm-hmm. that you can reach these higher states of sexuality and pleasure. Oh, wow. So okay. you can put it on the calendar. You make a date of it. You And so often our, our culture looks down on scheduling sex, but when you schedule right. it, you can look forward to it and you can plan for it more and you can create this whole experience so it's more about this quality time that you spend together instead of at nighttime before you're going to bed. So that putting it, I'm putting sex on my, uh, you know, calendar to do with my husband. That actually is a good idea. (laughs) You always hear that joke. Like people say, I got to now schedule to have sex with my wife, you know, or whatever, you know, everybody's busy. So, you know, but now it actually, if you do plan for it and make a day of it, it's more better than having just sex here and a little sex there and a little sex there. Right. I think so. Okay. Okay. That sounds like a good idea. I will have to tell my husband. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to have sex with you for a whole bunch of days because on this day we don't have the real sex. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with, you know, right. In the laundry room or on the kitchen counter either. I mean, there's nothing (laughs) wrong with that. Right. But unfortunately, women are dissatisfied with their sex life because of this reason. You know, I don't know what's worse, in all honesty, is having teenagers versus having small kids. I feel like with the small kids, you could kind of like shoo them away. (laughs) Teenagers, they just pop up in your house all of a sudden. You know, you don't even know where the fuck they're at. And the next thing you know, they're coming home. And it's like, you know, my husband always says, "Can, can I get a quickie on the couch? But it's like... I'm so worried a teenager's going to pop in. <laughs> yeah. All go in the bathroom and shut the door. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, I don't know what's worse. Or teenagers, you're, there's a sock on the door. You're not allowed to come in the house. Yeah. I'm going to have to tell them. <laughs> you do not. I'm going to get a do not disturb sign outside. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So what, so you were saying the mixed libido is a big problem. And then what's, what is another problem that most couples or personal people run into? And they usually go like for your guidance too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the mixed libido is one for couples. Um, I also find that, like I was saying, women are, you know, so busy with the children and the careers. Mm. that they don't even want to have sex. They don't desire their husband anymore. Is that just because they're overwhelmed or is that just because they're mad or what's the, so it's a couple is, reasons. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, the first one is, you know, they're so disconnected from their bodies and their okay. pleasure that they think that they're perfectly fine not having sex. They don't even realize that they even desire it Mm, because they've shut off and they're in that masculine energy all the time. So they don't have time for that. Mm. And then the second one is the man 
you know, comes up to her and grabs her ass or grabs her boob or puts, pushes her into a corner and she feels like it's just another one of her children. That's not going to turn her on. That's right. not going to get her in the mood. Right. And so it's teaching her to learn her body and her pleasure and her desires so that she, one, can communicate this and two, be ready for the sexual experience um, that every marriage needs. Mm. Yeah. So that's a big one. Um, I, I also, you know, with single women, it's constantly going for partners that are really not aligned with them because as a woman, we think, oh, he's paying attention to me. He likes me, mm-hmm. so I should like him. And yeah. we don't even think about our own pleasure and our own desires. And if this man really is aligned with us and I talk about heteronormative, but that's because that's my experience, but masculine feminine energies, we all have it. So it's the number one thing is bringing a woman back to her body. Mm, okay. Bringing her back to her pleasure because there's so much, we're such complex creatures. We don't heat up like a man does. We don't ejaculate like a man does. We don't have sex like a man does. There's a whole nother realm when it comes to female sexuality. Is, is that usually the, the, I don't want to say problem, meaning like most of the women are the ones who are having the issues with sex in the relationship versus the man or is there a lot of men who are having issues as well? Yeah. I'll have men that are like, I don't understand why my wife doesn't want to have sex with me anymore. Okay. So they're more trying to figure out what's going on with the woman. Yeah. Or I'll have men who have been having affairs Mm -hmm. and because their wife doesn't please them in that way. And so really learning to, and getting curious about what that man truly wants Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the sexual dysfunction of like erectile dysfunction and, um, premature ejaculation. That's a big one. How a man okay. can feel confident in bed because there's so much pressure on a man to be hard. Yeah. To... And it's like, how can we be more in the sexual experience instead of the goal? Okay. Okay. So, um, when the men like start to come to uh, come to you with their problems, is it usually because their relationships are already like in turmoil or because I feel like women tend to almost wait till the relationships in turmoil to really address the sexual stuff behind it, you know, and everybody's different. Like I'm sure there's women who are fine with being like in a, um, a very, I guess you could say open relationship versus women who don't want to be in an open relationship. And then there's women who are very, uh, want to have a lot of sex versus women who don't want to have a lot of sex. So are, is it usually the men come to you when the relationships are already in turmoil or do they, okay. So they're kind of coming to you like as a last stitch. Yep. Last resort or the Mm -hmm. marriage is already ending and they want to learn how to get their mojo back for the next relationship. Uh, Oh, okay. And then are a lot of women coming to you with preventative or are they kind of the same? The last uh, ditch. I would say I get a lot of preventative through the women Uh huh. or they've been cheated on. 
their partner and they want to either repair it or understand what happened, um, how they had a part in it. So I would say with women, I get all of the above. Like they sense something is going on in the marriage. They mm-hmm. sense they don't want to have sex with their partner anymore and they don't understand why. Um, or they're single and they're just, they want to be really in their body and prepared to, to date. They want to understand dating more. Mm, yeah. Cause I would, I would think I'd be kind of like, you know, cause I've been with my husband for so long. I would think I'd be kind of nervous to date if like we right? broke up, that would be like a pretty scary thing. Yeah. I would think that would be, especially after like some, so many years. Well, yeah. even for myself, it's like, I've, you know, I, I've been in long-term relationships. And so it's that dating, mm-hmm. that dating area is such like this uncharted waters. Like how do we, yeah it's about learning about ourselves instead of are you the one are you the one right so for the single so for the single women who are basically having a hard time finding the perfect match if it's through sex or if it's just through a relationship what's usually the obstacles that they're having is it basically because they're giving off too many and independent woman vibes that's a big one Um, Yeah, it's the strong and independent. So I don't need a man or I'm coming into this with all my accolades instead of coming into it with who I am as a woman, if that makes Uh, sense. So a man, a man is attracted to a woman by how she makes him feel not off, not off of what she does in life. Okay. So the more she can express in her body, the more he gets to feel his own heart. Oh, So when a woman comes to a date, like it's a business interview or something, it's very business-like, he can't feel her. Oh, okay. So it almost repels. You have like that battery with two masculine ends. Instead, you need a feminine and masculine to create that polarity. And then how do women soften that, especially if they've been so like independent for so long. Yeah. Um, so for myself, I have daily practices every Do you? single day. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Can you share like a few yeah. or, or so, maybe your top ones? Yeah. And, and a top practice that's, that's an easy one is we have this inner channel that runs through us. Like, as you know, chak- chakra system, the mm-hmm. chakras align. So if you were to just start with softening your jaw. Okay. So maybe let your lips part. Maybe move your jaw around and just to open it up a little bit and notice how much tension may be there. Yeah. And then let your tongue get really heavy. And that tongue getting heavy also connects down to perineum. The jaw relaxing also starts to open pussy. Okay. And then you just start to really slowly like drink your breath in through your nose. And as you soften through your jaw, then you continue to soften through your throat and you feel your throat just kind of widen. Mm -hmm. And then you could take that down into your heart, heart space, letting that open, maybe lifting your collarbones a little higher and you're opening your body, you're softening your body. And what sometimes happens is emotion can come up, vulnerability can come up. Mm-hmm. And the more you practice this, the deeper it gets. You can soften now into your belly. 
letting your belly release. And then you can find the area of your cervix. So two inches below your belly button and two inches inward. We either have a cervix or we have the area of our cervix. If it was removed, there's still an energy center there. Mm-hmm. And so you soften this whole channel and you just slowly breathe in through your nose and breathe out and you just keep softening and you keep opening. And I practice this every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. Wow. Okay. It's kind of relaxing. Like, isn't ooh. it? Yeah. And all yeah. of a sudden you just kind of open and you, and you become more receptive to what's going around you. Yeah. And so that's a feminine sexuality practice or a feminine energy practice. Okay. And then what else also helps women with their um, feminine energy? Because I feel like sometimes that's something that I need work with is my, you know, I'm kind of like that tomboy. Get (laughs) it. You know, like I always have like the scraggly hair. Like I don't really do my hair. You know, I barely... I I wear makeup every once in a while. You know, I mean, like, I'm just, I've always kind of been like that tomboy. I was never super girly girl, you know, and I don't really know how to. totally understand that. Yeah. So sexy isn't a shape or a size or a look. It's an energy that you carry within you. Okay. And so whether you do your hair, you know, I don't, I don't touch a blow dryer. Maybe I put on some mascara, like. Right. I, you right. know, I've been told I'm part dude because I am the oldest. That's how I feel. I have four brothers. <laughs> I grew up right. with all boys. So it's like, I get it. That's why I so needed these practices. Um, right. Another way that I tap into that feminine is I'll have a practice of like stroking my body with different strokes and I'll tune into the sensations, what I'm smelling, what I'm feeling, mm-hmm. um, and just start to build that sensuality in my body. Mm -hmm. And so that also helps soften. Okay. Um, A big one is learning how to express emotion and feeling without saying it through our mouth. So I'm not going to tell you what I'm feeling. I'm going to try to show you in my body what emotion I'm feeling right now. And this really helps open a man. It helps a man become more present with you. It helps a man attune more to you when we Mm -hmm. learn to show it and express it. And this is a, this is quite a practice. Like, can you show anger and rage through your body? Can you show sadness through your body? Can you show desire and yearning and longing in your body? Mm -hmm. And so it's really learning how to be expressive because that is the feminine where you're not too much to express emotion. Okay. So women who are trying to soften their vibe should definitely practice more feminine energy exercises. Yeah. It doesn't mean you need to put on a dress or some okay. heels. Yeah. It has nothing to do with that. It has. Okay. Yeah. And then also um, just try to like not feel so intimate, I guess, making the men maybe feel really intimidated by their accomplishments. Yeah. Like I help them. Like there's nothing wrong. Like I don't want them to not all of a sudden share their accomplishments. That's not what it's right. about. Right. But can you go to a date and sit down at the table and practice receiving? Oh, okay. Instead of doing all the talking and sharing. 
Okay. Can you practice receiving your cup of coffee that you're drinking with him or your drink or your food and really like receive it and feel it and express it? Okay. So, so what tips would you get? Cause like, you know, you always hear like married couples probably when they're honestly like having the, maybe the mixed libido, you know, bringing the spice back or getting the spice back or whatever they say, like in the marriage, we're bringing the spice back. We're getting it spicy again. Like what tips can married couples do when they feel a real disconnect sexually? Yeah. Um, scheduling time together is a big one. Okay. So getting either a hotel room, um, a date night, like making that a regular practice. Mm, okay. You need time away from kids and responsibilities to reconnect and remember why you're together in the first place. Yeah. Another Definitely. one is we all have a way that we like to be shown love. And so I always have my couples do the five love language test. Mm. And it's like, remember how does, so usually we show love to our partner by the way that we like to be loved. So my love language is quality time. And if I'm not getting that quality time, I don't feel loved. So I would focus more on, excuse me, I would focus more on showing my partner how he likes to be loved. So if it's Mm. appreciation and words of affirmation, I'm going to do more of that. Okay. So that he really feels the appreciation or the way that he likes to be loved. I'm going to give him extra praise, extra appreciation. And if she needs the quality time or the physical touch, then I would have him do more of that. Mm, I see. Okay. So definitely the, the sharing of what love language works for him might not necessarily be the love language that works for her. And I'll be honest, me and my husband have not done that love language. Test. <laughs> and now I feel like I need to print it out because I've heard this for multiple people and I'm not even really sure what love language I am. And I'm not sure what love language he is, but a lot of people have said like, Oh, the five love languages. And I'll be honest. We've never fucking done that test. <laughs> you know, it's Somehow just really still... simple. It's yeah. such a simple go-to and you can just do okay. it online. Like it's such a simple go-to. It's just an easy practice to like get, you know, for a first, for a tip to understand yeah. your partner more when you guys have been married for 20 something years or more. Like, yeah. Um, and then also that time, like get away from all the stuff, go have a date, go get a hotel room, like completely pull yourself away from all the busyness. Yeah. And spend time together. Definitely. Uninterrupted. Uninterrupted. Yeah. I love our, uh, we, we do take like trips together without the kids cause our kids are older. So we're able to do the weekend getaways. And I, I absolutely like, those are some of the best times that I feel like, uh, we have, um, together is when we're out away from just the, the house, but you know, we, we've been married so long that I always like tease of like, if we start sleeping in separate beds, it's I'm out of here. You know, you know, those old shows. And I've had, um, friends who've told me like, they don't even sleep in this or their parents didn't even sleep in the same bed as their, um, you know, spouse. So like, 
I had a friend who she said her parents slept in separate rooms and it was, you know, cause like a reason like, Oh, my dad works a different shift than my mom. They get better sleep. But I just think that's so, so I don't know, just unfortunate for the relationship because even though sometimes he likes to go to bed earlier than me and I do go to bed a little bit later, but I'm trying to be better at going to bed close enough to the same time that I feel like at least being in the same bed makes a huge difference, you know, especially with a marriage that's been long standing, you know? Yeah. And I'll sometimes give that as a practice, like start going to bed at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I need to work on that. Cause some, but sometimes he likes to go to bed super early. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's too early. Of course it's, it's not going to be every night. And yeah. some couples, I always say like, Hey, it's okay. If you want to sleep in a certain bed, if, especially if he or she snores really loud and keeps you up all night, like, right. There's nothing I, wrong with that. Um, yeah. Just making sure you're finding connection in other ways. Definitely. Yeah. Especially if they're on different working schedules, I could mm-hmm. see how that would definitely happen like if one works night shift or a late p.m shift and the other one works a early morning shift there's so many dynamics that come between a relationship and especially you know a marriage um that can uh have effects especially with the sex life which is just i guess just trying to get a balance of a good sex life yeah and that's why it's like you know even if even if someone has small kids like they they're so afraid to take that time away or they think they can't take that time away and it's like well how much how important is your relationship to you like right the partnership should come before the children because without the partnership the children aren't gonna you know get all that they need Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so it's like how you know where what where are your priorities and so it's bringing them back to what's really important and what they really want yeah I would I would say that would be a hard part for couples too is with the small kids like you know the small children and the toddlers and stuff and a lot of I guess just movement and energy in the house and then it's like okay now we're supposed to have sex (laughs) yeah Exactly. That's why those, those sex dates are so important. Like, because I've been so many relationships actually end in those first few years of a child's life because yes, that's like, Oh shit. We weren't ready for this. We don't even know how to handle this. That's what I heard. I remember hearing that, um, marriages, they have the most turmoil the first year after a child's birth and the small ages, of bringing up children. And then of course the seven year itch, do you know what is the seven year itch? <laughs> <coughs> is that just cause you're bored with your par- partner? Cause it's been seven years or. Well, I remember, but I hear that a I lot to go to. Yeah. I remember a therapist huh? I used to go to, she used to say like, couples do things like it's usually like every like three to six years, like They'll all of a sudden have a child or they'll move uh-huh. or they'll have another child or they'll get married. Like it happens at these different times because the, the couple like gets bored in a way. Okay. And so, so I, like, I've heard about that seven uh-huh. year itch too. It's like, huh? Okay, well, we really played it out. We just went through a huge cycle. Can we stay together yeah. for another seven years? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I haven't I really researched that one too much, but I'd like to, I should. I know from what I've heard, because I mean, I'm not going to say like, 
my marriage, we've been married a long time, but it wasn't always, you know, daisies and daffodils. Like we had our issues, but you know, it seemed like the first couple of years were just like trying to figure out how to actually get along and have kids and have a family and do all that. And then it felt like the seven years, maybe there was like some kind of, you know, what do we do now? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and then 20 year, you know, we, and then like 15 year, I would say, yeah, it happens like every seven, I would say our 14th year, we were almost married 14 years. We had a, a, a hard, we had a hard stent for a little bit. And then <clears throat> let's see how old I always have to do with the math. So we've been married 22 years. The 20 year was a little, not really rocky, but just, you know, a little like, eh, you know, it's, 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 I would say it's not hard to be with the same person if long as you get along with that person, but it's definitely challenging. You know, it's, it's challenging in some ways, not necessarily the same person, but just because I think you get on each other's nerves. Well, yeah, it's that you get on each other's nerves and are you growing together? And we are growing together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm like, okay, we're growing together. I don't know if he likes this. <laughs> you know? It's like, I know one lady asked me, how did your husband feel when you started a podcast? And I was like, I don't know. I never really ran it by him. I just fucking started it one day. It was like, I have a podcast. And he's like, oh, God. <laughs> how long have you had the podcast? I've had the podcast for a year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So had the podcast for about a year you know I'm sure he's like okay you know I I mean I just kind of am that person I just do shit (laughs) (laughs) he either adapts or he doesn't (laughs) that's how it is but I mean we both grow he's he's growing he grew a lot too went back to school so you know we we definitely have to do things to keep ourselves and not just the relationship growing is what I think we need autonomy. We need yes. sovereignty. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So can you give any last tips for people on if they are trying to improve their sexuality and intimacy and let them know like just some few like daily little tips, nothing crazy, you know, but how would they be able to do that? Yeah. I mean, just getting back to what you enjoy. Okay. Um, do you enjoy putting on some music and dancing around the kitchen? Right. Do you okay. enjoy eating a certain kind of meal? Like, do you enjoy fresh flowers on your kitchen table? Um, do you enjoy your morning runs and you wish you got back to that? Like starting to fill your life with things that you enjoy. Mm, that makes um, sense. Because we just get so bombarded and we forget what joy is. And so finding pleasure in the small mo- moments, it doesn't always have to be sexual pleasure. Yeah. Uh, We're just in the daily. That makes sense. So how can people find you if they are looking to find a sexuality intimacy coach? And I want, how did, how does the world take, like when you say I'm a sexuality and intimacy coach, because you hear like life coaches, you hear, you know, spiritual coaches, fitness coaches, healthy eating coaches. But that's why when I heard you that I can't, I heard you on clubhouse talking 
and you're like, I'm a sexuality and intimacy. I was like, that girl is fire. <laughs> I was like, I need her on my podcast. Where does she go? <laughs> so how how do how do people act when they hear that? Are they just thinking you must be like this huge being walking around with all the sex? everywhere just I think oozing, that's all losing sex yeah. they're like whoa <laughs> and that's the thing I'm the, I'm I don't you know I don't ooze it that's why I you know I don't want to I'm not looking to just be some big anyway right yes I get so I grew up in a Mormon family my mother's you family did Mormon. so yes so I've lost a lot of my Mormon followers that were my family members I could see uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're like mm. So okay. that was, you know, that's, that's one thing, like there's something wrong with me that I'm, you know, or I'm sinning or, you know, it's, it's, it's not in alignment. My, you know, it doesn't, they don't believe with... in what I'm doing. So I get that. Okay. And then I get a lot of people who are really curious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they start following me and when I do get clients, Mm-hmm. They are like, it took me so long to reach out to you. I was so mm. scared to do this work. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of that. There's a lot of fear around sexuality and sex and these conversations. Um, I, I mean, it's yeah. like, it's like the parents biggest fear conversation, yeah. right? It's like, don't, don't do drugs, wear your seatbelt. Um, Oh, we got to talk about sex. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, and it's like, how can it be a more empowering conversation? Right. And like with my kids, you know, I feel like I talked about it pretty early with my kids. Like I just felt like my kids weren't going to wait till marriage, you know, like, and I just felt like my job as a parent was to make sure they knew like how to protect themselves, you know? And I just, I mean, and any questions, you know, I don't, I don't want to hear about their sexual love life though. (laughs) Like that's too (laughs) weird for me. Like, you know, but, but just to make sure like you guys are safe, you know, watch out for sexually transmitted diseases. Don't open up, you know, into toxic relationships. Don't get too invested at such a young age, but you know, what do you do? Everybody falls in love. Everybody, you know, has sex. It happens, you know, hopefully they make their own choices that are um, leading them into a path where their life can be, um, you know, something they enjoy, you know, is basically what I want for my children, you know, but I know that was like the hardest thing to talk about. Oh God, I got to talk about sex now. <laughs> These kids. And do you have daughters, sons? I have both. I have one of each. Okay. So my I son. I find teaching girls is such a big one. Like it's about your pleasure too. Yeah. And with my daughter, it was more about like, please don't get pregnant. <laughs> like when, That's how I was. I was like, oh God, please don't get pregnant. Um, and I am more about, I haven't really talked to her. I mean, she's still like, for me, it's kind of awkward to talk about, but she's still like young ish, 24, 23. No, she's 23. So that hasn't been something I talked too much about with her but um just you know I want her to be able to my biggest fear was like she might get pregnant might feel like she can't come to me you know what I mean like that was my biggest fear I guess when I found out you know she was probably having sex as a parent 
Yeah. That's so, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's hard for, I think parents just to even talk about sex, you know, but it's better to talk about it, to act like it doesn't exist. Exactly. And I just, I just led an event and a woman came up to me and asked, how do I, I'd like to hire you for my 19 year old daughter. Mm-hmm. And she's like, how, how do I even have this conversation with her to like introduce you to her? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a fabulous way to introduce her to her sexuality is to hire somebody else to do it. Right. Because as a mom, it's like <laughs> awkward. Yeah. 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 Definitely. That makes a lot of sense. So how can people find you if they want to hire you for their marriage or their independence or maybe for their daughter? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So just on Instagram, um, through my ID and then R-E-V-A-Y is Instagram, but I also have a website, um, same as my first and last name. I'm also on Facebook and, you know, you could book a free call with me and we can just even see if, you know, one, this work is for both of us to do together. Cause we want to make sure it works for both of us since, uh-huh. it's, since it is an intimate relationship. Um, and then I just, you know, like to hear your story, what's going on for you. Um, right. And if this is the right path. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Chakras and Cuss Words. And it was a pleasure having you and just letting me know about all this stuff sexually. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I love talking about it. Uh, Thank you. Okay, have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.